Hello, everyone. Uh, before we get started with the show, I just wanted to give you a heads up that right before we started recording, Tom's wife decided to prank Tom and she trapped him down a well. Apparently, Tom hadn't been doing chores around the house and this was payback. So Tom's audio quality is not quite up to par, but you should still be able to hear him clearly or as best as I could get it. Uh, I'm very sorry. His wife is very sneaky. And uh, hopefully Tom will continue to do his chores from now on. Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ Tanda and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 44. Our skill topic for the week is woodworking. It's kind of hard to believe we made it 44 episodes without talking about woodworking. Yeah, I think we kind of hinted at it here and there. But we're full on into it. We're committed. Tom? Yep. What skill class is woodworking? Oh, it's a good one. It's a two. Two? Even even for like a fine woodworker? Oh, well, fine woodworking is like a two and three sixty-fourths. Oh, two and three sixty-fourths. It's oddly specific, but I, I got to accept it. Okay, well, um, Tanda, uh, what kind of research did you do on woodworking? Uh, the research I did on woodworking was uh, kind of uses for wood that you wouldn't suspect. And so I, I came up with a few things from woodworking uh, that you might not suspect were made from wood. So uh, rayon is made from a, a wood pulp, and it's uh, it's called a dissolving pulp. And it's used in bath towels and disinfective wipes and, and all sorts of things. Obviously, people have heard of rayon. Another interesting one is uh, carboxymethyl cellulose, or CMC. And uh, that's used in chewing gum and cosmetics and all kinds of things to give it kind of a, you know, an elastic, gummy, you know, thickening agent thing. And it's non-toxic and uh, hypoallergenic. And then another one that you might find in chewing gum is uh, xylitol, which is a, a naturally occurring sugar substitute that you find in a few things, and it comes from birch trees. So that's that's some interesting woodworking. Tanda, all, all these things come from wood? Yes. I, I'm, I, I'm just double-checking. Yeah. So there are things you can make, things you can make with wood. Yeah. Uh, nitrocellulose is used in uh, nail polish and... Uh, Leather leather dye, wood varnish, which is kind of meta that you can use, uh, you know, something made from wood to varnish wood, and used in inks. And uh, another interesting one is uh, monocrystalline cellulose, which is found in a lot of medicines, um, just as a binding agent. It's also, you know, non physiologically active. So, and and the last one is uh, cellulose triacetate, which interestingly enough. Uh, can be applied in a thin layer such that it's transparent and it's used in LCD screens and it acts as a polarizer. What? So that's what? a that's another interesting thing you could make with wood. And then of course there's celluloid, which uh, you know ping pong balls and guitar picks are made of. So you know if you want to if you want to do a little applied chemistry in woodworking, there are all kinds of things you can make with wood. I don't think I would go to a woodworker for gum or medication. That's just uh, definitely not nail polish. None of this. No? Well. I would. I, I probably have. All right. Well, what, what about guitar picks? I mean, that that seems like something that Tim Sway could get into. Yeah. Making, making guitar picks out of trees. I, I, that's possible. I mean, it doesn't sound likely, but I guess, you know, you could do it. I mean, I, I mean, he could just pick one up. Apparently, they're already made out of trees. So I've heard. So should feel good about that so i've heard yeah well i mean that's that's an impressive list tanda i think um by the expression on tom's face he doesn't believe a single word of it i tried to but, read it fast enough he couldn't google it all yeah but uh yeah yeah but he's now he's now deep in researching my research i am i am yeah i know i gotta get a mid-thought <laughs> so tom what research did you do on woodworking that's not tanda's research I, you can you can tell by the angle of my eyeballs on the Zoom call that what I'm how deep into research I am right now. I have something interesting to contribute to our talk here today. Did you know 
that uh, I looked up. I looked up something in the article is basically 25 best inventions of the past 25 years, and a lot of them are pretty boring, like quick grip clamps and the saw stop and the Nova four jaw lathe chuck and tight bond two and three. I'm pretty sure this article is just trying to sell stuff, but the very number one is plays right into my brand. And in 1985, the AP-10 top planer was introduced to the world, which prior to this machine, the only planers on the planet were 220 volts and giant. And the what we know as the lunchbox planer was uh, launched in 1985 by a company named Ryobi. Who? Ryobi. <laughs> Son of a (laughs) (laughs) Ryobi! They created the lunchbox planer. Not familiar with them. Oh. R-Y-O-B. Never mind. Forget it. I give up. I do. I finally do some research and and it just doesn't go well. It's possible if you dig a little deeper, you'll find that uh, this was only used for planing lunchboxes and it never really caught on. (laughs) <laughs> well, th- it's that's true because it says uh, a few years later, Makita introduced a self-indexing disposable steel knives, um, eliminating the hassle of sharpening and resetting knife blades. Which I didn't know. That that's also interesting because my my Dewalt has indexing knives, which is very nice. Very very. I've nice. heard of Makita. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They were also blue at one time. Are they still blue? They're white and black and white now. Yeah, ever since they've been owned by Ryobi, they've been uh, they've been blue. Are they owned by the same company? No, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> just thought I would throw, I, thought, I just thought I would well, throw that out there to see the well, look on their face. Well, you know how they're all owned by like TSP or whatever the heck that company is. Yeah, Tom, I'm I'm not familiar with that Rikatobi company that you're you keep mentioning. Yes, yeah, Rikatobi. Uh, they make good stuff. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just have to take your word for it. It doesn't sound made up, but it, it, it could be. I don't. I never know. I mean, my word is good, so you can you can definitely take my word for it. Okay. Well, as for me, I went back to my old faithful. I looked up woodworking superstitions, and um, I found a couple of interesting I'm, things. I, I'm out of here. <laughs> I can't. I, night. Oh, goodbye. Night, night, Tom. <laughs> See you, Tom. Just me and Tanda. Oh, Tom left. Wow. I, th- I thought he was joking. I, I sure hope I sure hope he's able to get. I should change the Zoom meeting number. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, he's back. He, oh, uh, hey guys, he's back, but he's sideways. He's sideways. He's sideways. Yeah, he 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 screwed up his camera. Now we have to look at him. Did we do the skill class yet? Did we do the skill class yet? Are we there yet? You did the skill class, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, I'm caught up. So, what are some of these superstitions? Well, I want to say that. They they weren't like usually when I look up superstitions, I, I find like a list of things, and that was not the case with woodworking. There was not like a place, and and there was also like a bunch of things that were listed as superstitions, and then they just were people were just talking. Like there was no superstition. It was like you know like okay here's a good one, the superstitions of walnut trees, and I'm like oh this is gonna be great. I want to hear all the superstitions about walnut trees. And this was the only thing that I picked out of it. The walnut also isn't technically a nut, but a fruit from the same family as pecans. What? Yeah, pecans are fruit. It's a nut. Yeah. Do you, do you know yeah. that? Yeah. No, no one knows that. It's not true. That's not a superstition. That that's that's just a random fact. That's not a superstition. That was, that was terrible. And that's and that's like the only thing. The other stuff was just like And that's that's true of walnuts as well, you said? Yeah. So so walnut so walnut is a fruit wood. Right. So woodworkers should know that. So that's something interesting. Here's how I know this is not true. If you go to Google and you type in is a walnut a 10 auto responses do not include fruit. Which means it's debunked. Oh, then it's definitely a superstition. Right. Um, it, it also happened to mention that uh, walnut trees are, I think it was something like omnisexual, like they fertilize themselves, so they don't need like another tree for things. Like they, they fertilize their own nuts. 
they don't they don't need like bees and things to pollinate them. It's hmm. I don't know. Again, weird things. But I found some interesting things like um if you some of the old timers uh this was this was in a 1956 uh magazine and it said some of the old timers would talk about cutting wood on the old moon which is january or february if it was cut then then it was expected to stay straight and true felled trees that were hewn on four sides for beams during the old moon uh should be done in march or may uh, which is when floors should also be laid and shingles rived. So, so it was like all these interesting things. But it, that also went on to talk about how it's just like the sap is not really running during those months because it's winter. So then it was less warpage. So it was like the superstition was actually scientifically based. Like there's a uh, another one that says uh, the moon has such potential influence on various parts of her orbits that by cutting one tree three hours before the new moon and another of the same kind six hours afterwards is a difference in the soundness of the wood would be noticed. So, like, they're literally talking about cutting wood by moonlight. Makes me want to howl. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of the superstition, knock on wood for good luck? Mm-hmm. So, where does yep. that come from? It's an old pagan belief that spirits lived in trees, and if you knocked on a tree, you were seeking the help from the good spirits or making sure the bad spirits couldn't hear you and cause you harm. What if that worked exactly the opposite? That's what I'm wondering. Like, how is making noise preventing the bad spirits from hearing you? I think that would draw the attention right to you. That that doesn't make any sense. So Not at all. Uh, and then I wandered into Superstitions for Trees of Ireland, and there are they have this whole section on fairy trees and a fairy tree is usually a hawthorn or an ash tree and uh, they stand out by themselves in their location uh, usually with stones going around the tree but you don't know if the stones were put there by locals or by the wee folk because they're considered sacred places um, there's all kinds of things that people won't do like Farmers won't cut down a fairy tree, even if it's like in the middle of their farming field. They'll just leave it there and work around it because they don't want to take a chance on bad luck, like that their crops would die or something like that. And then um, there's lots of stories about the road work in Ireland being delayed because a fairy tree was in the way of where they're making the road. So then they would have to actually relocate like they would have to move the road around the tree so that it didn't interfere with the fairy tree this is all yeah well that ex- that explains why our irish friends uh take take longer to to drive to their neighbor's house than we do to drive halfway across the state that makes sense to me yeah i do have a follow-up on the nut debacle <clears throat> uh most nuts such as almonds walnuts and cashews are botanically defined as seeds rather than fruit. Yet, a handful of true nuts, like chestnuts, hazelnuts, are technically fruits. So, everything I know about seeds, fruits, and nuts um, is all wrong. It's all, all out the window. So, so Tom, you just yeah. you just debunked yourself. Yeah, yeah I, yes. Yep. I, I, we're we're going to leave it on that. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right. I got two deals to share with you guys. And uh, both of them are holdovers from two weeks ago. Well, one of them is like a half a week. But anyway, the first deal is called No Juan Knows because I had a little trading deal with old-timey tools. And uh, Juan saw that I had gotten that six inch quick release uh wilton drill press vice when i picked up the delta in new jersey and he's like hey i want that and i'm like okay and i he had been holding some tools for me and then i also picked up this um 7500 lumen uh shop light it's the kind that's got like the three different led panels that you can position you know at a different angle Um, but this one had a motion sensor and i picked it up at my discount store and he was like, I want that light. And I'm like, 
uh, all right, uh, I'll, I'll trade you the light. So I trade him those two things. And in return, I got 10 electric uh, trimmers, like weed whackers. Um, the Tom, the exact same Atlas benchtop drill press that you gave me, but like an unbroken condition. Hmm. Um, only missing the return spring cover. That was the only thing missing. Everything else was good. And then um, I got a little Ward electric hand drill, which looks like completely bizarre. If you've ever seen one of these things, it looks like a really thin, narrow can with like a, a weird bent metal handle coming off of it. And then the trigger looks like, I, I can't even describe it. It's like a little finger that comes out and it looks like you could snap it off if you tried really hard. But this thing was like brand new and he found it in like a thrift shop. So that was the, for the collection. So that was a trade. We just did an even trade, no money. Uh, and then we have the Junk Hunter's Delight. Uh, ben Wilson and I did a little junk trading. Um, I sent him a massive uh, 3.8 MT2 taper chuck. I don't even know what he needed this for, but he needed it for something. I had that with a key, and then um, I had picked up some time ago a Husky multi-blade razor blade, like where you could turn the back and it would switch blades for you, and then you just shoot the blade to the front. I think it had like 20 blades in there, and uh, he wanted that, so I sent that to him too. And he sent me uh, a vintage Milwaukee half-inch special slow-speed drill. And I've never seen one of these before. It actually has the Milwaukee logo is like an M in a shield, which I thought was really cool. Um, it works, but the original trigger was missing, and somebody had put a toggle switch on the side. So then Ben sent me another trigger with a power cord from some other tool, that I could switch it out. And then he also sent me a Weller jigsaw, which I just thought looked kind of cool. I have a small collection of Weller power tools. And then a three inch clamp on blacksmith vise. You guys have seen these. They look just like a post vise, but with no post and you clamp it on. And that was it. Those are all my deals. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in, maybe we'll read it on air. Tom, what is your personal history with woodworking? Personal history with woodworking? I'd say I was primed to do woodworking my entire life. But my first, I want to say my first real woodworking thing was not that long ago. Let's say seven or eight years ago when I made a rolling cabinet for a sound mixer for the church I was going to. And I had some help from uh, one of the older members there who knew some stuff about woodworking. And he actually gifted me a Ryobi router and table, which was super awesome to do this project. Tom. Uh, we did rabbits. Tom, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I I wanted to correct you. It's it's right. it's pronounced rigatoni, not 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 what you said. Yes. Rigatoni. So the rigatoni, uh, it's I think it's an Italian brand. They they made uh, so he brought that over and he gifted it to me, which was super nice of him. We made this cabinet with with dados and rabbits or whatever you want to call those things. Bunnies. And then we bunnies. And then we carpeted it. Carpeted it and put it on wheels and we uh we had so our church was a uh set up and tear down every single service so we had to pack everything away uh we even made a lid for it that clamped and locked and that was really cool i mean that technically wasn't like my first woodworking thing but that was the first time i tried to make something legitimate maybe and since then i've i've done a lot of woodworking I can't say I've ever done any significant fine woodworking, and I don't. That's fine with me. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, I am at skill level two, not a two and three sixty fourths. But I make a lot of things out of wood. I mean that that doesn't sounds like you know qualified history. I'll, I'll give you that. Well, you know I never follow the rules anyway. That's very true. Is there a write-up on what a qualified history is? I didn't, I'm not sure I've read that. 
Is that what we're supposed to be using for the show? It, it, it's in your job description. Yeah. If you, if you yeah. That it's so long. I, I, yeah. I, to be honest, yeah. I haven't read I it. I haven't read it all. It's on page 74. I just read the... Page 74? 74? Yeah. Yeah, you got to oh. go deep in there. Yeah. Okay. I just read all the bold words on the first page and skipped it. I just hit agree and moved on with my life. Yeah. I did the same thing and look at us now. Uh, it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense, uh, honestly, as to... You know. Uh, so anyway, um, Tanda, what what's your personal history with woodworking? I would say that I I don't really recall doing much woodworking growing up. Um, you know, that wasn't just kind of two by four construction type woodworking until I took a wood shop, and that was probably in grade nine. I would say we did a lathe project and a few different things. We did kind of a stereotypical project where we made uh, the shoehorn or the boot jack that you can take your boots off with. And I remember I made a, a bowl. I turned a bowl on a lathe. The The most frightening thing about that was I was watching a friend turn her bowl on the lathe and I was standing near the tailstock and there was a little protrusion which caught on my shirt, twisted my shirt up into the tailstock and it was like a split second. I reached down and hit the hit the off button, but it had already twisted this great big point on the front of my shirt and ripped the shoulders out of my shirt. Uh, and of course, oh you, when you're a ninth grade student, you're like, you don't you you just unwrap yourself from from the lathe and it's turned off already and nobody's hurt, and and you kind of try to straighten your shirt up a little, which is impossible with the sleeves ripped out and a great big uh, point on the front of your shirt. You know, and just don't tell anybody and go on. But uh, I remember uh, remember turning that ball. I had a a shop class in, I think it was maybe the second semester of that same shop class, and we built like the tough shed sheds, and that was really cool. So just as a class, we built like three sheds and then auctioned them off for the school. Um, had a raffle, and and someone won the tough shed that we had built. So that was that was pretty cool. Tanda, um, my memory's a little fuzzy, but aren't those tough sheds all made out of plastic? Well, I meant that as an example. I think they're wood, or here they're, the ones I'm familiar with are made out of wood. Oh. But it was that style of small, light garden garden shed. And so we did framing and, you know, built it, built it from the ground up, built the floor and the trusses and um, put the roof on and shingled it and made doors and did hinges. And so it was kind of a neat, you know... Thing to build a couple of them as a class and that was uh more i don't know if that was more construction i don't know really where the line is between woodworking and doing construction i've done a lot of remodeling and stuff but my woodworking has been really sporadic i'll get a wild hair every once in a while and and make some kind of project that i would consider woodworking and then it might be five years before i do anything in wood again, other than making jigs and fixtures. And I mean, I use wood a lot, but I don't really consider it woodworking. The last thing I probably made that I would consider woodworking was uh, I did the Fools with Tools treasure trade, um, not this past year, but the year before. And I took that same chessboard that I made in ninth grade, which has just been kind of bouncing around with me ever since. And the frame broke on it and, uh, it had some little cracks showing in it and stuff. And so it wasn't being used as a chessboard. So I sawed that up, re-glued it, and made a case for a, uh, a brand for my Fools with Tools recipient. And, uh, and then turned a handle out of that same wood for the brand and, uh, and made a brand and a case. And now, so now I've probably got another five years before I'll do, do another woodworking project. Was that a brand new case? Uh, yeah, it d- didn't exist before I made the brand, and so it was a it was a brand new case. I was just checking. I mean, it sounded like a brand new case. Yeah, totally. What's your history with woodworking, PJ? <laughs> um, I've already talked about it, but I, probably the first woodworking thing I did was the salad tongs that I followed a plan for for a Christmas present. So I'm not going to go back over that again. If you guys want to hear that, go back to the episode where I talk about it. If you don't know which episode that is, you can listen to all of them. It's fine with me. Yeah, just start at the beginning until you hear it. And if you get up to this episode and you haven't heard it, you, you'd probably just missed it. So you need to listen again. 
Yeah, just listen for the one where I talk about salad tongs. Don't listen to the welding episode. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't listen to the welding episode because it's got more listens than the others and it drives PJ kind of buggy. So uh, one of two things, either don't listen to that if you want to appease PJ or if you want, just just put it on play and, and add like 10 more Repeat. listens to the to the welding. Well, I mean, they don't realize that once we hit episode 50, we're going to have 10 episodes on welding right in a row just just because, <laughs> you know. Every kind of welding there is, one episode at a time. We're going to yeah. make new – there's going to be – we're going to invent new kinds of welding. It's going to be right. it's going to be awesome. So personal history – present personal history. Tom, did you have any of the bacon canopy treats that were at Tony's Slip and Slide Party? Bacon canopy treats? Canopy. They were – I don't know. They were I've on, never heard that word in my life. They were water chestnuts wrapped in bacon held together with toothpicks. Oh, no, I did not have one. I, I had several. They, they were delicious. and I'm, I'm, That might be why I didn't have any. That's possible. There was only one plate of them. But they did use wooden toothpicks, and I'm planning on making some, and I will be using wood toothpicks as well. So does that count as woodworking? I think so. No, it's wood using. That's oh. wood using. Oh. If you whittle your own toothpicks, though, you can well, sneak it naturally, in. naturally, that would be... Yeah. Okay, so if I make my own toothpicks, that is considered woodworking. Yeah. Yes, but you have to yeah. tell the guests, if you're making these for people, you have to tell them that you made your own toothpicks. Oh, no, no, these are just for me. I'm not sharing them. You could, pro oh, okay. you could probably turn some wait, out of some wait, skewers. Then, then why are you using toothpicks? Because that's what the recipe calls for. Oh, you have to cook them, you know, you got to wrap the bacon around the water chestnut and then you got to bake uh, it. And there's no other, like, tape isn't going to keep that bacon on. It's too much grease. It's like it's like making chicken cordon bleu. Sea clamps. Sea clamps would work. Sea clamps are kind of crunchy on the teeth, you know. You, you don't want to bite a sea clamp. That, 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 you get chip a tooth. Or, or, or a toothpick, yeah. There's, there's no other possible moment where I'm going to be able to tell this story, but... Growing up, my mother always made chicken cordon bleu, and they have a toothpick in them. And she would bring the entire tray to the table, and we always had people over for, for dinner and lunch and stuff like that. And she'd bring the tray over, and she goes, okay, everybody, there's a toothpick in every single piece, and one piece has two toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> so now every time we have it, or we have like Roladin, which is the same deal, um, we just start making up stuff. We're like, all right, all of them have two toothpicks, three of them have three, and one of them has none. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a, I, there's no other opportunity I'm going to be able to talk about toothpicks. Well, we could do an episode on food, on toothpicks? On toothpick oh, use in right. food. Yeah. Well, then delete that, and I'll, I got a whole episode on that category. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about toothpicks in a little while. But anyway, um. I, I would say most of the woodworking that I do is what I would consider functional woodworking where it's making a thing to serve a purpose. But the only things like, you know, some sort of shop furniture, something to do something, to hold something up, you know, and I've, I've hung the occasional shelf and things like that. But as far as like fine woodworking, the only thing I have did that qualifies would be probably about two and a half years ago, I made a bunch of really nice velvet lined wood boxes with brass hardware and i was fully intent on selling these for christmas and i was going to make money and i didn't sell any of them it just didn't have well not then <laughs> I, i've i've since i have sold some since but i still have some like i still have some of the boxes but i learned some valuable lessons i learned that if you take a piece of wood that's not perfectly flat and then you clamp it to a box frame to make it glue flat and then you cut that box frame apart it's going to twist the entire box because you clamped it flat so don't do that because now you have something that looks like it there's belongs a, yeah, in there's a pro tip is it Willy Wonka's chocolate factory or the, the, the land of Oz or something like it doesn't look like I don't even know what to do with them I, I feel bad to take them apart but it's it's like you know they look bad. Yeah, Tom, Tom, sidebar. Yeah, I, yes. I I think PJ's kind of wrapping up here, and and before he comes back and finishes up, I, I've been taking mm -hmm. some notes on on some of the things he said. 
and I don't know if we should call him on it or not, but uh, like like he used the term current history in referring to mm-hmm. in referring to the slip and slide. Is that that's kind yes. of an oxymoron? I mean, can you have a current history? I mean, or 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 a or a future history? Moron, moron, definitely. Uh, you can have a future. Uh, yeah, future history. That's I mean, it's possible, but that's not what the that's not what the segment I mean, he is. Kind of kind of slid that in, like current history, like what happens today, you know, or tomorrow. That's that's not really history. Well, what what is history? Is it? I mean, is history ten minutes ago when we talked about history? I suppose. I suppose you know, on a technicality, technicality, he might be able to get that one in. But then the other thing that he said was, uh, he he only uses wood for like functional for making functional objects. And I'm I'm trying to think of all the woodworking things I you know see on Instagram, and and most of them do seem to have a function. Most. Uh, yeah, I I'm trying to think of of people's woodworking projects that don't don't have a function. I've actually made a lot of non-functional pieces. They hang on my wall. I can't... I don't know if I'd call them art, but they're art-adjacent. Art-adjacent. Okay. At least. Yeah, I'll give myself that much credit. Yeah, that's a function. Art-adjacent is a function. Oh, there he is. He's he's back. Oh, it is a function. Oh, shoot. Okay. We'll talk about this later. Hey, PJ. Uh, Yeah, I don't know where you went to, but it's it's good to see you back and... uh, Uh, Sorry, I took a short nap. I was very sleepy all of a sudden. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I was, you look refreshed. I was thinking about those boxes. I, I was a little concerned about some of the stuff you were saying, but I, I, I'm okay with it now. I talked to Tom. I'm okay. I'm okay Wait, with it. Well, well, I've been talking to Tom the whole time. Uh, well, just in that brief time you were napping. Oh, we, oh we had a, listener. Had I was a dozing. Chat. It's, it's yeah. a little warm in my room. Yeah, I, I got the air yeah. conditioner off, so it's not making noise. It's making no, me very understood. drowsy. Understood. Uh, but I will say... Um, the boxes that I made, the the bodies of the boxes were made out of bamboo, and um, they're all bamboo flooring that I got for free. I got a whole kitchen of bamboo flooring for free off of, uh, I don't remember, it might have been Craigslist at the time, but it's, I don't think Facebook Marketplace was really out yet. This was years ago. But if you are interested in making boxes, like nice wood boxes, See if you can get some old wood flooring and then just run it through a thickness planer just to get like, you know, the ridges out the bottom or the, the, the finish off the top. And they're really good dimensionally. Like you, it's, it's like unless you're trying to make like a ginormous box, they're like the perfect size for making any kind of like keepsake box or any, any normal size box. Um, and if, if you need something bigger, you can always just glue the panels together and make, make a bigger one. But they're, they're good thickness, and um, if you can get them for free, I mean, a lot of people remodeling. You know, it's free wood. It's good for boxes. But that's, uh, other than the the boxes and the salad tongs, I don't know. Oh, wait, wait. Now that I'm thinking about school, let me go backwards. Tanda, Tanda reminded me. I was trying to remember while she was talking. When I was in the 7th or 8th grade, I did have a wood workshop class, and we made this um, napkin holder where it was like a little platform and it had two dowels going up to a handle and then captured between the dowels was a bar that had like you know a hole drilled at each end so you put the napkins in between the dowels and then you drop the bar and then it would hold them in place you know theoretically from whatever wind is in your house I guess but um, that was probably the first woodworking thing that I made when I was like I don't know how old are you in seventh grade? Like eleven, maybe. Seven plus five. Yeah, thirteen. Thirteen-ish. Yeah, somewhere's around there. So, so yeah, that was it. Um, I don't. I don't have any kind of crazy uh, history with that. I, I didn't really do, and I still to this day don't do a lot. Uh, mainly because the whole shop is full of tools, and I, if I want to make something out of wood, I have to take it outside and pretend. You know, I I had a, uh, a kind of a survey class. I guess it was called. It, um, uh, I think this would have been, so the other story I told you was probably eighth grade. So this was in ninth grade. So when I was saying ninth grade earlier, I think that was, that was eighth, but, uh, where we did jewelry making, drafting, welding, and woodworking. 
all in the same semester, so just a little bit of each. And I do not remember a single thing that I made during the woodworking class. I'm sure I did, but I don't remember anything. The most prominent memory I have of that class was somebody had left their book out on one of the big slab, like butcher block woodworking tables. And it was, you know, there's always that kid that people pick on. And someone opened up like the first 20 pages of his textbook and then drove like 20 nails through the textbook into the tabletop and closed it. Nice. Ha! That was, uh, that, that was really rude. Yeah. But, uh, but when you're in ninth grade, humorous. Yeah. It's classic. It's a classic. Well, shaky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial interludes and stuff. Hey y'all, this is Edna down at Johnson's Hardware, and if you've done any woodworking, you've done one of those massive glue-ups. You know the ones where you're holding one side with a foot, the other side with a hand, and you're trying to put another clamp on, and you realize you didn't bring enough clamps over to your table. Well, we have just the solution for you. Cousin Cletus's clamp cannon. It will shoot clamps across a large workshop with a range of 20 to 40 feet. Options for larger workshops can shoot clamps up to 60 feet. Just press the included foot switch under your table and a clamp will come shooting across the room. If it's aimed properly, you can sometimes catch it right on the fly and put it on your project. If it's not, you may need to re-aim. Cousin Cletus's clamp cannon also can be had with a Lexa interface or a Google interface where you can just speak the words. You can say C-clamp me or F me for an F-clamp and it will shoot the clamp right across the room. Johnson's Hardware is not responsible for damaged drywall, damaged woodworkers, scared cats, clamps left on the ceiling, or any other personal injury. You'll find the clamp cannon is just 8772 at Johnson's Hardware. You'll find us at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Tom, you look unprepared. What skill goes well with woodworking? Oh, lots, lots. We did sanding, finishing, reading, all of them. Just one, Tom, just one. Yes, those. Yeah, yeah pick one. Tanda has to pick one, too. You can't uh, take all the good ones. All right, all right, I'll just pick one. I'm going to go with design because... Well, we know why, but really, design and woodworking, when, in my shop, I usually only make things out of the wood that I have laying around because I don't prepare for anything ever in my life. So when I want to make something, it needs to come from what I already have. So design is key to make that work and, and to pull out a good-looking project from the stuff that's laying around the shop, so design it that sounded like total nonsense tanda do you have anything that actually makes sense that that is give me the complete opposite answer of what tom just said what what skill goes well with woodworking oh man a skill that goes good with woodworking is screwing excuse me i, I would say oh. screwing yeah i mean yeah we wouldn't woodworking and screwing i think go really well together because uh screwing and screwing and gluing are, are two skills that go well with woodworking. Um, yeah, that that's true. Screwing can lead to sticky situations. You're absolutely right. That yeah, That is I a mean, skill that woodworkers would, would apply. I agree we wouldn't even you. have any woodworkers if it weren't. Well, this is true. That, yeah. She's, yeah. She's got a point. You're not, PJ, you're not wrong. She's got a point. You're not wrong. Not that, wrong. That's true. It's very true. PJ, what would you say is a skill that goes well with woodworking? So I'm going to pick one that we have never actually stated on this show, to my knowledge. But it's very, very popular on Instagram. The skill that goes well with woodworking is calligraphy. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say epoxy. Calligraphy? I'm going to have to sign off again. Calligraphizing? Well, there's a lot of people that make signs in the woodworking community and almost... I don't know, 70% of the signs I see made are made with some kind of calligraphy writing. You know, it's, it's definitely like, a, it's it's had like a resurgence, I would say. Since yeah, but not by hand. I don't see anybody doing it by hand. 
Uh, I've seen some oh, people. CNC laser stuff. Some people are doing it by hand. I have seen a few people. Um, some people are using machines to do it. Um, but the point is, calligraphy is a skill, and it goes well with woodworking. Yeah. No, I, I would have to. I would have to agree. I mean, even if you're just uh, using calligraphy that's already you know been around for many years, you know, popular fonts that have an aesthetic that goes well with handmade things, then uh, goes well with woodworking. Tanda sidebar. Yeah. Tanda, I I feel like uh, I feel like this segment went a little too smoothly. There wasn't enough drama or disagreement. Um, Maybe we should just go hard against calligraphy and backtrack everything. Just I mean, for the view for the viewers, the listeners. No, no, I understand. Totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Because yeah, I was reading that uh, page that Tom had referred that Tom that PJ had referred me to and. uh, um, mm. You know, just just down below that, it does say that uh, you know at least one of the three of us has to make a complete debacle of every every segment. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. So you do know what I'm saying. I, yeah, That's I hear good. I were, hear what you're saying. What, so what do you? I don't know. What do you? I'll leave it in your court. What do you want to do about it? I I say you just counter it and just disagree wholeheartedly. And uh, and I'm pretty oh, good at waffling. Okay. I'll just start siding with you, like you, sure. like you have made yeah. a good point. So I, I've got it. I've got it. I think. Okay. All right. Well, he's coming back. He's coming back. Uh, PJ. PJ. Um. Yeah. I just want to challenge you a little bit on calligraphy. It sounds a lot like writing, and uh, writing is definitely a skill. But I mean, it's a little disappointing. Kind of like that time you said reading a, was the comparable skill. Reading it. I bet. Yeah. I think. I think Tom's got a point. It is a bit of a stretch to make that connection. And, and yeah, is it I, is it possible that you were thinking writing and just changed it to calligraphy because you couldn't use reading again? No, I was thinking about calligraphy. And I'm really curious, Tom, after that train wreck of an explanation for design that you're challenging what I have yeah. to say, which is actually a valid skill. All you did was talk in circles without making any points. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, but... but but a but a wood a woodworker using calligraphy, you know, is not you know that's like saying if you use a saw blade, you're using the skill yeah. of ironworking because the saw blade was forged in you know at some point or. Tanda, are you just waffling? Yeah, writing writing on paper writing on paper is not woodworking. I'm sorry, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Tom's got a Tom's got a totally totally valid point. I mean, just because you're you know have something in the shop that you're using while you're woodworking doesn't mean it doesn't mean it goes well. Hey, I, I agree to disagree. I guess I agree to agree and then disagree. Uh, I, I didn't really say I was gonna write on paper. Uh, I don't know where you guys are pulling this from. I I was talking about people that make signs using calligraphy on on wood. That's well, that's ridiculous. Well, you could take it up with them, Tom. <laughs> I say, old chap, it's time for Patreon's parlor. We haven't had a new Patreon member in, well, at least a week. Uh, maybe longer. I can't remember. But it's been a while since we've had Patreon's parlor. We want to welcome to the Maker Skills family. Creator Nader. I think he's pretty much well known by several people. We don't have any special music or anything other than the intro. Tom Tom made a little bird noise, but you know that's that's about as fancy as we get. But Creator Nader came in at the skill master level, which means that he gets a custom skill. Custom skill. That means we get to make something up and bestow it upon him without his permission, or. Or agreement? We're, we're, we're picking something from a very categorized list of, of actual made-up skills, Tom. Yes. Mm. Actual made-up skills. Actual yes. made-up skills. Categorized kind of tripped something in me. Maybe it should do with cats. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Shop cats? Shop cats, yeah. Could, it, could do if, it with shop cats. If, or, or... Real quick, I just want to be sensitive to his... Needs maybe he's allergic to cats. I don't know. What about shop animals in general, like shop, shop critters? Animals in general. Yeah. Maybe. Well, not shop critters. Those are different. Well, shop animal could be a critter. You know. How about, I mean, how about some kind of uh, how, some kind of skill, kind of like uh, you know, like a Snow White type skill, where he can like lure shop critters into helping him in the shop. Mm. Only if he kisses them. 
we're, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got there's got to be some some of? consequence to the skill where, uh, but you know, oh, the, but I'm thinking of Sleeping Beauty. But my apologies. Can kind of just direct uh, direct a bunch of shop critters to to finish things in the shop. Well, what if what if he can only call them in to actually make the shop messy? They don't actually clean and they don't really help them. They just come in and and make a terrible mess. I, I'm not sure. Why? I'm not sure the value of that skill. Well, I mean, that's that's what critters would do if you're. Unless maybe you wanted to use it as a practical joke on somebody else's shop. There you go. That's what I'm saying. You know, you go visit some other maker, and then you're like, "Hey, you want to see a cool trick?" And then like he just pulls in like a whole forest of things. You know. How, how would he call them? How does that work? I, I don't know. Is it a jingle? Is it a whistle? That's something we got to figure out, I guess. I think he should have a magical cat that he squeezes, and it makes a noise that calls all of the other animals. A magic cat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a black cat? Like a sidekick. Any any like super super skill should have a you know you should have a sidekick or or some special object, whether it's a shield or a sword or a cat. Like a roundhouse kick. What happens when the cat dies? Then does he lose the power? Oh, it's not a real cat. It's like a bionic cat. A bionic cat. So it's never alive. Mm. That's just as sad. I don't know. I feel I'm torn. I kind of like the idea of a bionic cat, but tied to a skill almost seems like saying Iron Man had a skill, but he was just wearing a suit. Well, he did. He, he did have a skill. He built a cool suit. He was very suit. charming. That's true. Very charming. That's true. He was very charming. And I think yeah. he did calligraphy. I bet he did. He yeah. seems like I saw that in Iron Man too. He he does calligraphy. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe the ability to get shop animals to do calligraphy. Ooh, that would definitely be a skill if you could have like a squirrel come in and do calligraphy on one of your signs. Those little tiny paws. That would be really helpful if he was a woodworker. That's true. Oh, definitely. Yeah, squirrel calligraphy. That's that's going somewhere. Well, well, wait a minute. Are we saying that the squirrel is a woodworker or Creator Nader is a woodworker? Well, the skill has to be Creator Nader. Well, I'm just saying he has the he has the ability to uh, to give uh, calligraphy skills to squirrels. Mm. Squirrelligraphy. Squirrelligraphy. Oh, that's it. That's it. Let, maybe it could be called uh, cal- calligraphizing. Squirrelligraphy. That, that is the skill. He's a squirreligrapher. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Squirreligrapher. So that is the skill. Yeah, squirreligraphy. The ability to have squirrels write for you. I, I like that. Creatornator, by the power invested in the three of us, we bestow upon you the skill of squirreligraphy. Dun 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 dun. This is. This is. <laughs> Tom's actually trying to look it up on Google. <laughs> Probably extra hurtful for him because I'm looking. I'm looking through his Instagram. Well, I'm looking through his. I just don't want to spell it. I'm looking through his his uh, Instagram, and he has some really really good drawings in his Instagram. <laughs> and we just we just gifted him the gift of squirreligraphy. I mean, it seems like that would go perfectly well with drawings. You know, he needs some some signage, right? Or maybe he could just have the squirrel sign them for him. I mean, he could, you know, if you have the skill of squirreligraphy, you could probably get a squirrel to sign your name. I mean, you could have the squirrel comment on all of the, the drawings. Like, he could write on there in very nice letters, like, this picture is better than my pile of nuts. A modern-day squirreligrapher could probably type, just type stuff out. So you could maybe use your squirreligraphy to answer Instagram comments or or maybe battle trolls on your on your social media. I just have this image now of like the squirrel looking at something that he drew and he's like typing on a keyboard and the squirrel is like super twitchy and just like it keeps like diving its head down to like do each letter as he's typing them because that's something like, you know, the squirrel would do. It'd be like all spastic. Like a translating squirreligrapher? No, no. I'm just like he's typing a keyboard. It's a wireless squirrel. And the squirrel's oh, okay. writing everything that he's so typing. A wireless, yeah. So it's, it's a, like a, it's a Bluetooth squirrel, squirrel. printer. It's a, it's a blue squirrel. I, I do have one question though. What do you feed a squirreligrapher? Fruit or nuts or seeds? 
Well, well, no, Creator Nader is the squirreligrapher, so he eats whatever he wants, and the squirrels, oh. the squirrels eat, you know, nuts and stuff. Nuts or fruits? It's very confusing. Topic. Oh, geez, now, now I don't know. Um, should, should we get him some bananas? I mean, what's what? Uh, I, I think we're gonna have to postpone bananas that to the that. next show. Uh, we're gonna do some research. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do a whole show on nuts and toothpicks, right? Uh, no comment. No comment. Indeed. Nothing better than the Queen's word. Mm, cheerio. All right. It's time for short and sweet. Tanda, you got something you want to end the show oh, with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just I want to give a shout out to uh, who knows, to Jacob um, for uh, for giving us a wonderful tip. You can you can now get vice dip at uh, at your orange big box store at home depot they have vice dip so if you want to actually dip one of your outdoor vices in paint um you can get a five gallon bucket of vice dip for like 35 bucks so those those cards you had earlier those gift cards tom i think that'd be a good uh you know good good choice to to get a five gallon bucket of vice dip and uh, no that'd be that'd be wonderful so if you go in though if you go in we know that uh, this kind of triggers PJ, and so we're referring it to to it as an obviously overt PJ stressor. What an, mm. an OOPS, obviously overt PJ stressor. So if you go in, don't call it vice dip. Ask them for oops, oops paint, OOPS. So just go in and say, yes. yeah, I'd like five gallons of oops, oops, paint. oops paint, and and they'll know what you're talking about. They'll sell it to you for like. 35 bucks for five I, gallons. 35 bucks for like five, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how... And he said like seven or eight bucks for a gallon. And I don't know how many vices you could dip in that, but probably, you know, you could probably either dip four or five vices or, you know, as it wears, you could dip the same vice over time. So yeah. that's a that's a great tip. So shout out to Jacob for passing that along. So um, I, I don't know where you guys keep coming up with this. It, it does not stress me out. If people want to do stupid things, they don't have to identify me in the process. I mean, just keep doing stupid stuff. That's, you know, there's lots of people who do those things. I heard him calling Home Depot earlier trying to get him to take it off the shelves. Yeah. Stop tapping my phone, Tanda. <clears throat> uh, before I forget, and then I'm going to let Tom go, uh, we did have a suggestion um, from Lauren, his uh, handle on IG is LCVDOS. I don't know what that stands for. But he said he was thinking it would be good in addition to having a skill pairing section that we should have a section that asks what tool goes well with the skill. Mm, uh, tool pairing, yeah. I thought that was an interesting thing you know we haven't had that suggestion before so i figured i would put it out there uh but tom do you have anything for short and sweet i do and i've been feverishly looking for it i can't remember who sent this to me but they sent me after last week's episode maybe you know they sent me a a picture of i think popular mechanics and it was an old picture of a farmer looking guy out at a fence post in the middle of the field that was ben and he had a ben makes case what i clicked on I know I clicked on it, though. I didn't see the image. Maybe the image went away. I'm pretty sure he did that in a yeah, story. He said that in a story, so it's probably gone. Oh, that could be. Okay. Yeah, Ben Ben Wilson. Uh, so, yeah. well, let me finish. So, he it was like a futuristic idea, from what I remember, mm-hmm. of a drill with a battery connected to it. And you could charge it up before you go out in the field to use it. No, no. You took the battery out in the field. It was a car battery. That's what if you looked at the yeah. guy was squatting down drilling a fence post and the battery was hooked up to the drill like it was it was basically like a a corded drill but it went to a battery pack. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a it was called I'd like to see them make and it was yeah. like things that you yes. could write into. Uh, but yeah, I've replied to him. I said this is a stupid idea. Give the horse a break <laughs> and take a pair of good fence pliers out there. Who puts a screw into a fence post? I, I didn't want to say anything. I thought it was in keeping with my earlier argument, and I didn't want to break form. <laughs> well played. I, 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 well I played. don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, so I have something um, that I am going to... I don't remember if I've talked about this on the show or not, but I ordered patches. Did I talk about this? Mm, you, yes. 
I know all about it. I don't know if you talked about it on the show, but you and I talked about it. Okay, so I ordered patches from this company, and through the process, they messed up the patches. They they sent me patches that were 50% embroidery, and I wanted 100%. And I was able to prove that they messed up. And so they're currently redoing all the patches. So uh, I am going to have a, let's say, basic quality patch. And then we're going to have a premium quality patch. And uh, these patches are going to be for sale. I'm going to sell them with two stickers. Uh, they'll be. I'm going to be doing a YouTube video soon once the premium quality patches come in because I need them for the video. But uh, that was just resolved at the end of last week, I believe. So this is. I ordered the patches. These are PJ patches. They're they're my logo. They're the square yeah. PJ Galati logo with the two tones of blue and the white border, and. Mm. Uh, this has been going on for weeks. I ordered them at the end of July. So it's now almost the end of August. So anyway, that's something that I, I just uh, got done doing. So that's my short and sweet. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, Son of the Junk Hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time. And now it's time for Ask Old Oswald. Ask me what? Who are you? As always, we're thrilled whenever we get a chance to pull some wisdom from Old Oswald when he comes to visit the show. Welcome back, Old Oswald. <laughs> so we've got quite a number of questions for you from Instagram. Tanda, do you want to hit us with the first question? Yeah, sure. Oswald, good to good to hear you here on the show again. And yeah. Uh, first, yeah. Uh, first question comes from uh, Sigma Woodcraft. Does old Oswald prefer to take the buggy into town when his wife lets him, or a car when his wife lets him? What kind of question is that? I'm not Amish. We don't have buggies. I got a truck. I'm a real man. Uh. Oh, what what kind of truck do you have, Oswald? Yeah, they had a 72 Dodge. That's the best. Okay. Well, I guess that answers that question. And, and does your wife let you go into town often, or? She, she doesn't know. Oh. You, you you sneak into town without telling your wife? Shh! Don't say it too loud! Uh, I'm sorry. Very, very sorry. You should consider a cyber truck. That'd be, that'd be really quiet, sneaking out. What's that? Uh, never mind. We, we, we can go on to another question. Okay, okay. Uh, Tom, do you want to hit Oswald with a question? Next question is from Lauren. Uh, his handle is LCVDOS. What is Os old Oswald's earliest memory? Ooh, I'd like to know that. Oswald, what, what's the first memory you have? I'm, I'm guessing it's got to be when you, you, you're, you've been on the farm your entire life, so what, what is it? We're, we're all dying to know. Oh, uh, Let's see. I think I was about three, and uh, as a as a cow is licking my face. Like a cow was just licking your face. That's was there was there anything else happening? Uh, maybe I don't know. It was just a giant tongue. I don't I don't remember much else. Did do you still have a cow lick? Oh, that's a good question. You you mean a salt lick? No, no, a cow lick. You know, like, do you have some kind of uh, odd growth pattern in your hair from that? Did, did, is that where that came from? That, that, yeah, that it was licking my face, not my head. Oh, yeah. I, I thought maybe on an eyebrow or something, though. You, you never know. Thought it didn't hurt to ask. I was three. All right. Okay. Well, um, we've got one here from Road Rage Jason 70 
what was your life like before electricity? I was still alive. It's kind of like now, only I'm old. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's what he meant, uh, Oswald. I think he was asking, like, what, what was, what were you, um, what's the differences between the life you're living now with electricity and when you were little and you didn't have electricity? Well, uh, it was harder. Kind of, kind of stands to reason. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Electricity does make things a bit easier. That's true. That's true. Uh, Tanda, why don't you hit hit Oswald with the next question? Yeah, yeah. I think we're at a roadblock with the whole electricity thing. Wood turning by Alan Scannell asks, "Say, hey, Oswald, have you ever traveled anywhere? If so, where's the worst place you've been?" Oh, I go into town. Let me tell you something. The fish market stinks. It's the worst. I don't like the smell at all. But then again, I don't like fish. So I don't like to go there. My wife makes me go because she likes it. But I don't like it. So I try not to go. And then she makes me go anyway. But I don't really want to go. And, but, but then she beats me. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I go anyway. And, 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 and I, I get her fish. That's, that's interesting. So, so you don't really do a lot of traveling? I mean, or is the fish market like a long ways away? Do you do any world traveling? World traveling? I, I've lived on Earth my whole life. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't really want to leave the planet. It's not, uh, it's not safe. Yeah, I, I found that to be true of most of the people I've met here. So, yeah. Tom, do you have another one? Yeah, Jacob over at Who Knows, he asks, What's your biggest regret? My biggest regret? Oh, oh it's got to be... When I had uh, Dog 32 stuffed, yeah, they did him wrong. He just never looked right again. I should have, I should have, I should have buried him. He, he, every time I walk in the door, he's always looking at me like with disappointment. And my wife doesn't like it either. So uh, that, that, that's got to be my biggest regret. Yeah. That's awfully sad. You could, you, you, you know, you could probably still bury him. Oh, that wouldn't be right. He's a part of the family. He guards the front door. Hmm. Yes, that wouldn't be right. Uh, well, we're not trying to mess with any kind of family traditions there, uh, Oswald. I've got another question here from you. From our newest Patreon member, Creator Nader. He says, hey, old Oswald, when is a hobo a nobo? What kind of question is that? Uh, well, I mean... I know a hobo is, is a homeless person. I'm not sure what a nobo is. Do you do you guys know what a nobo is? No, hobo from New Orleans? I'm not sure. I, I, I really don't know. Um, what What's your answer, Oswald? Oh, that's a stupid question. I don't know what's the difference between a made-up word and a homeless person. I don't know. What, what, what am I supposed to say? That's ridiculous. Uh... Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, this'll... Yeah, I don't, we don't want to put words in Oswald's mouth, so I, I think we'll just uh, go with his answer, I'll, even though, you know, that was kind of a... Well, Oswald doesn't know that we have patrons, and yeah. So, well, uh, well, uh, Tom, Tom, did you want to look up Nobo on the internet and see if maybe we could maybe we could get a definition for him? I'm actually looking up the history of the word hobo right now. Well, we know what a hobo is. Hey, while, while we're waiting, Nobo? while we're waiting, uh, we've got something from Ed's Clocks and More. Uh, what is what is Oswald's all-time most used tool? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. That's that's a very popular question amongst uh, many of our followers, Oswald. What what is your most used tool? Oh, that's a really hard question to answer. Let me think about it. We got a lot of tools on the farm. I definitely use the shovel a lot. Um, probably my tape dispenser. Tape, tape dispenser? Oh, yeah. Like the kind on your desk? No, I keep it on the tractor. Oh, I, well, that that's a surprising answer, Oswald. I, I have to admit, I'm also surprised. Do you, are you talking about a scotch tape dispenser? Oh, no, no. Well, what kind of tape are you using out there? I got duct tape dispenser. It's, it's, uh, I made it myself. It's very handy whenever something doesn't go right. You, you need some duct tape. You know, you got a fence post that fell down or part fall off the tractor. Or, you know, somebody talking too much. You, you need some duct tape. And I, the dispenser makes it real quick and easy. 
you often have uh, someone talking too much while you're out on the tractor that you have to fix with with duct tape, Oswald? I mean, I don't want to pry if, I mean, if this is something that uh, happens regularly. Sometimes we get people out of one on the farm. They come up to me while I'm working. So, yeah, I need it. Yeah, they're talking too much. Mm, yeah, asking questions. Yeah. Uh, All right. They, yeah, nosy neighbors. Uh, we, who, who hasn't had that before? Um, Tom, Tom, did you find anything on the Nobo? Oh, yeah, sure did. Uh, so a Nobo is a non-objecting beneficial owner um, <clears throat> of a company who gives permission to a financial intermediary to release their name and address to the companies or issuers in which they have bought securities. So, naturally, when does a hobo become a Nobo? Um, Oswald? I'm not going to answer your stupid question. You're giving me more stupid answers that doesn't make no sense whatsoever. He wants a question answer. He can ask me something that makes sense. I got to be honest. I'm with Oswald on that one. That that comparison does not make any sense at all. I mean, a, a, some kind of corporate CEO compared to a homeless person? I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. All right. Well, we want to thank Oswald for coming back to the show and answering all the questions to the best of his ability. We know that you're busy out there on the farm and you got to keep your wife happy and all your kids. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Yeah, sure. And um, we hope that, you know, we'll be able to bring you back on in the future. Night, Oswald. Night. I think we might have tuckered old Oswald out. I need a nap.